Dopo's podcast. Isaac Sale is here. Is that how you pronounce it? Not sure about that. Yeah, Isaac, uh, Isaac Seha, Seha, whatever you want to say is fine. Isaac Seha is here. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, this whole podcast was just thought of a couple of days ago when uh, um, Isaac just hit me up on LinkedIn and wanted to know more about LinkedIn. So I guess this, this is just going to be like a conversation about networking, really. And um, so let's start off with when was the first time you ever heard of that word networking versus when uh, did you, when was the first time you actually realized how important that was in, in life? That's a really good question. Um, like the first actual time I heard about it must've been like in a movie or something as a kid. Um, you know, all those business guys, you always see them, you know, networking and stuff. Um, when I got into it, where I, I, I was actively trying to network uh, must have been like when I was, I, I was in a band for a while. Um, it was like rock types, the alternative rock. And we would go to a lot of concerts. And obviously um, in Los Angeles, you meet a lot of young bands. Uh, so you always want to, you know, make friends with someone because you never know uh, if someone needs you to, you know, fill in a spot for a, a show or if someone needs help producing something or, you know, a lot of the music industry, uh, it's people, artists helping out other artists, basically doing favors and and whatnot. So it's always good to have a a good variety of friends on your side. That's so I'm kind of glad you didn't tell me, or I kind of knew that you you were in music, but I didn't think about that when I was um, planning this, this episode out. So yeah i know the music industry is very competitive it's really hard to get into it's really hard to make it out of is there anything else that what, what's something that most people don't know about in the music industry i think you know i think it makes sense that you'd want you need to know people to get your music pushed to um some executive or whatever but like in your in your case you know you're just starting out but what's what's something most people don't know I feel like the biggest thing, um, and a close friend of mine, she, her name is Sarah. Uh, she runs this, uh, this zine, uh, where she posts a bunch of different art and showcases artists, uh, musicians, uh, writers, all that. And, uh, she throws a bunch of different events and we were talking about, uh, you know, networking and, uh, she was talking about the bands that she enjoys the most or like the bands that she wants to put on the bill. Right. And she always says like the bands that end up standing out more are the ones that have a specific image or a specific vibe that they try to invoke as opposed to, you know, like a team of guys just going up there and like raggedy, just whatever, doing like their own thing. Um, Like those bands that are really focused and uh, are really like they have their own image and their own sound. And I feel like that relates not like, you know, not only for just music, but also um, like if you're a podcaster, let's say, People love Joe Rogan because of his personality and his conversational style and stuff like that too, right? Or like they'll they'll like someone like uh you know Jim Rome. He's super extra, right? Crazy, crazy out there guy. So it people are really attracted to, um, I guess characters in a sense, really. Um, those guys that are just really unique and they have their own image, as opposed to someone who just doesn't really know who or what they are. So I feel like for young bands, that's the, the hardest thing is really finding your thing and then just going for it. I follow like the world of comedy a little bit. And something I always hear is com- comedians that are starting out, they tend to wait in like a club or something and they wait all night just for a time slot. And if they do, they might get like the 3 a.m. time slot or something like that. Is wow. it kind of kind of the same thing in music sometimes where you're competing for time slots to perform? Yeah, definitely. Um, in the beginning, like for early bands, you're going to play, you're going to play as early as, so it's the opposite of comedy, uh, where you're going to play as early as possible because no one's there. Like, let's say the doors for the venue open up at seven, your band is going to go on at seven 30 if you're new, but if you're like the established headliner, the cool guy, you're going to be on at like 10 or 11. And that's when everyone's going to be there already pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense now. Like when I think about events like Coachella or like other concerts, always it's always the new people performing during the day when the sun is still up, and then um, Drake or like the Migos they go on at night. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, well. Oh, let me let me share my story. I guess the first yeah. time I heard about it, I I don't think I heard the word network first. I heard the saying first, which is like, uh, it's all about who you know, and it it made sense in my probably I was a teen, maybe even younger. It it, it made sense back then, but I I never really connected it. So that's wh- that's why I asked like. When's the first time you heard about it versus when you it actually you actually understood it? And for me, I didn't understand it until first year of college, I think, or second year when uh, I had an accounting professor who just mentioned it all the time in class. So that's when I started thinking about it, and um, yeah, that's that's when I started actively pursuing it and building my network. And yeah, that's that's really interesting. I, you hear that thrown around a lot. Yeah. So let's go back to what we were talking about the other night, like LinkedIn. Um, you're pretty new to LinkedIn. So welcome. Welcome to the LinkedIn community. Yeah, thank um, you, man. Yeah. So you only have a couple of connections. So you're you're basically new and you're asking me stuff about like what people do and whatever. <laughs> do you, do you, you want to know anything more? I, I feel like I am a, a if this were the NBA, I, I, I'm like a solid role player <laughs> in the LinkedIn community. If that makes okay. sense. So you found your identity in the in the community. I, I know my I know myself. Uh, I know my abilities on LinkedIn, but I'm not not a starter. I'm just a okay. role player right now. Awesome. Um, Anything like, like I I I can't even remember how I felt when. When I got on LinkedIn for the first time, I, I don't really remember, remember um, what it felt like. So, like, you want to just talk talk about that? <laughs> yeah, let me let me tell you my first mistake. I <laughs> I didn't know that it shows people when you look at their profile. So when when I and it, it like it attaches your name to it when you look at someone's profile. I didn't know that um, unless you change it in the settings, of course. So this was like two or three in the morning. I was. I, w- I had just finished some homework or like a paper or something. And I was like, you know what? I'm not tired. I'm going to do something cool. I'm going to go on LinkedIn right now. I haven't used it in a while. So I go on LinkedIn and, you know, I'm looking at people that I know from high school, people I know from college and I'm not adding them. I'm just trying to see like, Oh, like what are people doing? I'm trying to figure it out. And then my, my friend texts me uh, the next morning and he's like, dude, I saw you creeping on my LinkedIn at three in the morning. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, man, I didn't know it did that. What the heck? So uh, I guess learning that uh, was a big step for me. Um, yeah, it, it's weird, though, because I, I don't really know what to put in. There's so much that I could put in. Um, I don't know what would be valuable. And I feel like it also it goes back to that thing where um, identity, like for you, like yours is more of like a, you want to be in like the basketball world, right? What what was your specific career that you typed in, or what was your? Um, what do you mean type in like in my LinkedIn bio or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's your? Um, I, I as of right now, I think I just put that I'm a college fourth year college student, UC Irvine, majoring in econ, and uh, my interests are like in sports, film, TV. Probably not oh, okay. the best. Probably not the best bio out there, but. There's like many ways that you can do it on LinkedIn, I think. There's like there's like people who are experts on LinkedIn, so their bios are a lot more sophisticated, I think, and they communicate like super clearly. All right, let let me let me let me tell you what from from like the the many networking meetings I've been to and like the people I've met. Even there's even people, did you know there's also like LinkedIn ambassadors who go around like to campuses and they give presentations on on how the best way to like use LinkedIn I've been to yeah I've been to like one or two of those and yeah it's crazy there there's a whole pro like a industry not really industry maybe like LinkedIn sends their own people to go around and uh, educate on LinkedIn and so basically LinkedIn used to like its maximum potential would include like something a combination of you putting your own work on linkedin so let's say you're you're in music you'd post like i don't know if you if this would be a good idea or not but like posting your own music or songs on linkedin of you singing videos um 
if you're a storyteller, maybe you, you post like part of your story on LinkedIn. Um, if you're into art, that this podcast, I put it on LinkedIn. Um, the reason why is because when people like your posts and if a lot of people continue to like your posts, posts, they become viral very easily. Oh. So the posts that become the most viral I've seen are the ones where people go really um, get really personal with something they've experienced in their lives, like um, a death in their family that caused them to um, change their habits and like, you know, change their lives. Um, someone getting their dream job somewhere. And then they just post like something that makes people relate and see their happiness. So those tend to get like thousands of likes and then it spreads around and people like, and it, continues to spread um the other one you have your resume on there you have your cover letter on there you have a clear biography of what you want you have a network of people that you know so there's like volume but there's also quality um other people they they don't really care about the quality they care about, about the number which is like they could have like 5,000 connections, but they might not know all 5,000. That's, yeah. that's kind of up to the person. And I think that's, I think I've covered, oh, and then LinkedIn is also a job site. So you can use that to look for jobs too. Oh, I didn't know that. You that's can cool. apply for jobs like from LinkedIn. You can just submit um, resume, cover letter, and then that could just be it. Or LinkedIn, LinkedIn just leads you to where, they want you to apply for the job. Oh, nice. And I believe that covers most of LinkedIn and how it's like used to its maximum potential. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Um, I guess I did want to ask you, because we, we kind of talked about this last time. Uh, what are some of your pet peeves on LinkedIn? Okay. LinkedIn is, I don't think it is like a community of people from various backgrounds and we're all using it like on our own, you know, of, of our own accord. So, but my pet peeves are just the posts where, um, you're just trying to, I don't want to sound bad, but you know, the, the posts where, okay, I'll, I'll use us as an example then. If okay. after this podcast or when I, after this podcast, I post on LinkedIn saying, just had a great conversation with Isaac um, Saya on uh, hashtag networking. I learned a lot. I can't wait to explore the, the industry, the music industry with you. And I do like a lot of exclamation points and I link your name and everything. I hate, I hate those posts like the most because <laughs> I think it's just so rude. It's kind of rude because it's if this if LinkedIn was a party, you're kind of just yelling to the rest of the party that you guys just had a great conversation and that provides like no value for me at all and no value for everyone else. It's just really annoying. And I see so many people doing it and I really think that we're all just kind of, you know, following along because it looks like the right thing to do. Yeah. Um but anyways, our example is I see that apply to mostly when um, someone our age or someone, you know, green or fresh, they're talking with a professional. So once they've connected on LinkedIn, they make that they make that post. And I just I just look at it and I just I just cringe and I just don't <laughs> I don't know. It looks like they're, you know, kissing up to the professional, which I don't like and I don't think it's genuine and I think it's like super superficial yeah it seems like bragging almost like oh look i talked to tom cruise today we had a fun talk you know what did you do that's sort of condescending in a way yeah i could see that right and what else that's probably that's probably the my most hated uh my most hated <laughs> thing i see on linkedin nice and r right now you know you could it's, I've seen the argument made. I'm not sure where my position is on it right now is, but get with the pandemic going on and like a lot of people losing 
their internships or their entry level jobs. Yeah. I've heard the argument that, you know, maybe it's not not right to make really long and emotional posts about you getting your your job or your internship where most of your friends probably lost their jobs or opportunities. <laughs> so that's just an argument where it's like, you know, of that person not reading the room properly. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where I don't know I don't know where which side I'm leaning towards on, but I'm just telling you that some people think it's a bad idea to uh, post to LinkedIn and you know say like oh you cried tears of joy when you accepted your in- internship or entry level and you know if some someone in your network someone in your connections like probably lost their job so yeah that's that's kind of a, a tough one because like if you think like into the future and people like look back on your LinkedIn and they're like oh you didn't like didn't you like getting that internship or like why didn't you say more like I don't know because from what you told me about LinkedIn, um, it's mostly about like those milestones that you'll post. Um, like you said earlier, that emotional impact that um, people can relate to, um, you know, getting that internship or, you know, getting that PhD or whatever. Um, so it's definitely interesting to have to um, struggle with the moral compass aspect of, you know, not not being able to post it because, you know, someone else didn't get it. But I feel like besides even like outside of the pandemic, there are still other people that didn't get the job you applied for. So there's that too. I don't know. It's interesting. Right. So that's where I'm kind of conflicted on the issue where even without the pandemic, there's still always going to be people losing jobs or not getting the job that they wanted. So is there ever a right time to post? So that's the other point. Glad you brought that up. Totally agree. Next, my other pet peeve is um, people just randomly adding you. So <laughs> that's another that's another thing that's kind of up to the person. Some people, if you look, um, you can you look at you basically scroll down to the bottom of their page, and then there's a section that says how many followers they have, yeah. and that could be like a good guess of how many connections they have. People with fourteen thousand connections, if if, if they have like. Whoa. If they have like 14,000 followers, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah. So those people, you know, who knows? Maybe they, they know all 14,000 people well, but, you, you know, you, you kind of doubt it. And from my perspective, why, why have 14,000 people like connected with you if you don't know them? And when you're scrolling down your feed and you see them, you know, expressing something, from their lives like you won't really care about it because you don't know them so why why have them in your network on linkedin in the first place but for uh someone like you like if you're in music and you're releasing music then maybe it's a good idea to just accept anyone yeah so So, you want you want to get that reach so it depends too yeah in my case with this podcast i i get people like sending me requests but they don't Oh, there's an option on LinkedIn where you can send a message along with your request to connect with the person. But it's really rare for me to get any requests where people, you know, say specifically like, what, what, what do they want? Like, do they need advice for me from uh, community college? Do they need advice for podcasting? Do you need advice for other stuff? They just, just click the button and that's it. So on my side, I have no idea what they want. They're just total strangers. So I feel wary of adding them. But on the other hand, um, as someone who has their own podcast and they're producing content, I'm kind of conflicted with whether or not I should just allow them to connect with me and then hope that they click on my podcast link and listen in. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing to judge, yeah. I, I guess uh, I wanted to ask you, um, outside of LinkedIn, like what would what would you say is like your best networking tool? When I was at school, I would try to go to my sports business club, sports business association meeting every week. And we would have speakers every other week, but I would still go like try to go every week just to like hang out with people and just talk with people. But the speakers were, I kind of felt like, 
since I since we came to UCI a little later than everyone else from community college. Yeah. I, I always feel like the people that are on top of things, they were this is what they were doing their first and second years. They were going to club meetings and they were going to meet with professionals and speaking with them and um adding to their network, right? So that's why as a junior and senior fourth year, I didn't think I had time to just take a break and not go to these meetings. So I, I, that's, that's why I went. And the, it's, people say there's quality, different kinds of quality um, conversations you have with people. If you talk with someone in person, you can see like how their, 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 uh, their facial reactions to what you say, like if they really like you and like what you said, it's hard to do that over the phone. Um, you could do it through a video call too, but just the, the intimacy you have with someone like in person is not there. And that's why you, sh- you go to these uh, speaker meetings and you always get further, get their contact information. You keep up with them, meaning like you don't just say hi over the e- over email once and forget about them. That's my, that's my number one tool just like meeting people in person and then keeping up with them. But if you can't do that, like if the other person, if you really want to talk to someone who works in New York, then you have to call them, but you can still keep, have a good conversation with them and keep in touch with them that way. And yeah, does that, does that cover your question? Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. And I did want to bring that up because the first time that we met, it was at KUCI at the radio station. I was going in uh to talk on uh, like a KUCI news uh, segment and you were there and you were talking about how you were going to, you were going to meet with your professor like right after. So you had to leave or something. Right. And to me, that's immediately when I knew like, Oh, this guy's networking, like this guy, he's got it figured out. And it made it feel like you had already been there. Like you weren't a transfer student. So to me, that was so foreign, even though it was like the end of what junior year for us, technically. Um, I thought it was really cool that you were, you were doing that. Cause I, I didn't start doing that until senior year. So it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah. I, I give credit to my PCC, uh, Pasadena city college accounting professor for introducing me to the topic. And she would bring in like speakers, either her former students or just professionals. Uh, she would bring them into her class or just campus and, I would go to these events and that's where I, I made my, you know, awkward mistakes or like blunders. So when I got to UCI, I was a little more polished, I think, than other transfer students who never did networking in community college. Just a little more polished, you know, now, because uh, everyone, everyone has like the fear of like approaching uh, someone and um, talking with them and having a conversation. I, I see it happen where I go to like a, a networking meeting and some of the questions are, are always like, how do I talk to professionals or how, how do you, how do I not mess up or whatever? So I, I knew I like those people, you can tell like they, 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 they're really scared and they haven't done it before, but after you do it so many times, you get really comfortable. So I feel like I can just approach anyone and just talk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a skill. Um, like I think my mom, yeah, when I was in high school, um, I was super shy. Um, I didn't really have much, if any, like social skills. And I think the book that really helped me out, uh, it's a super popular book. It's, uh, uh, how to win people, how to, how to win people and influence, how to make friends and influence people. That's what it's called. Um, it's, it's a really cool book. And I feel like the, the, the best thing that came out of that for me uh, the one that was the easiest for me, the one that the only one that I could actually do was start listening to people more and asking the right questions. And I feel like once you start doing that, it's a lot easier to really um, connect with someone because most people don't really listen. Um, it sounds kind of messed up to say, but I feel like unless uh, you're someone who uh, who like does a lot of interviews or just is a good listener in general, a natural born listener, then uh, a lot of people just sort of are in their own head most of the time. So I feel like that's a, a pretty interesting idea that I took away from that. And yeah, um, I, even when I was meeting with my professors, um, like this, not this quarter, of course, because of the pandemic, 
But um, last quarter, I still felt a little bit nervous, but uh, it felt good. It felt good being there and just having that connection and keeping in touch with them. So, yeah, some people, some people are like better listeners and some people are better talkers, but you have to be good at both. That's what I've seen. And for professors, I only, I only meet like, I only arrange to meet with the, the ones I like the most and the ones that are like seem fun to talk to in class. Other people, like, I could care less if I meet them or not. <laughs> so mostly what I, did, what I did was the first couple of weeks in the quarter, I would ask if we can meet. And then, you know, it's really low stakes because it's really early in the quarter. So I, I straight up just say, like, hey, I just wanted to come introduce myself and say hi. And uh, we talk a little bit. And I uh, keep in touch with them through email. I don't, yeah. I don't have, I have like a couple professors in college that I talk with still and networking. I think just, uh, it takes up a lot of your time if you're doing it right. Like I spent a couple, like a month ago, I, I spent a, uh, a good amount of time emailing like my old high school teachers and Whoa. apparently they all remembered me. So I, I think I did something right there. <laughs> That's I, awesome, just, I, I just told them like what I did after graduating what, what I'm doing now and they all remembered me they all replied so that's great. amazing man that's really cool yeah I, I never even considered doing that I think of networking as keeping a mental list of people in your life and not letting anyone on that list um, go too long without you like messaging them saying hi or just checking in with them like if it's more than a year that's like too long I think and you should definitely message them and say something so that's how I approach it now yeah I feel like that for me that's the hardest point um trying to stay in touch with all these connections that you've made I feel like what for me at least one of the things is like the fear that oh maybe this guy doesn't remember me um like at a uh with KUCI um I'm sure you heard about like the UCRN conferences and stuff. So like a few months back, uh, there was the UCRN conference, which is basically all the college radios in California. And, you know, we meet, there's like a big meeting, whatever. So that I took that as an opportunity to just meet a bunch of people, right. And stay in touch. But then after that, I like, I didn't really know what to say. I'm like, well, like I've had you as a follower on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever for a few months how did what, what would you do adam like what's your like do you just say like hey what's up or like what's your thing it's uh with professors like the ones at uci that i yeah. talk with those are the ones where i always every time i email them i always say like which class i was in and which term and uh i always say like some some fun fact about myself like i'm the guy who like really like like sports I start off with that and then <laughs> I, and then one. I continue with my message. That's cool. That's what I do. And yeah, mostly it's mostly just them because they, it's not like they can look at, look through their email chain and then see w what they said to you last time. If you, if you're messaging someone through text on LinkedIn, that there's a chat history. So they know who you are. It's really oh, easy cool. to remember. Um, it's just with professors. I, I know to like, give them a quick recap of who I am so they can remember because they probably have a lot of students. Yeah. Tons of them. Um, I have kind of a, kind of a funny story. My best networking tool has been Tinder. Have you heard of Tinder? No way. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say this. <laughs> no, it, it it's, and it, it wasn't even on purpose. Um, so I must have been, I must have been like 19 and I, I met this girl on Tinder. She was in my city, which I thought was weird. Um, but I later found out that she was just living here for like a couple of months because uh, her parents were like fighting or something. Um, but we met up and like we were cool and stuff. And then at the end, I thought it was a date. At the end of the date, she was like, oh, I think we should just be friends. And I was like, oh, that sucks. I was like, okay, yeah, why not? And this uh, ended up being my friend, Sara, uh, the one that runs the, 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 the music uh, zine, the art zine. And um, after that, I guess 
um, her, her zine started getting more traction and stuff. And then uh, she invited me to go to one of her shows. So, you know, I showed up. I was surprised she even remembered me. And then I told her about how I had been working on music and this sort of stuff and how I was looking for a drummer. So she introduced me to a drummer. And then from there, um, she helped us get our first show. And then at those same shows where I met a bunch of different musicians, um, musicians that I would later, you know, um, help record stuff or help produce. So like, yeah, it's just the value of that one connection. Um, and then I found another drummer later on through Tinder. Um, I sort of joked about it because on her bio, it was like, uh, oh, I'm a drummer and uh, I, I love music and I like skateboarding, whatever. So I told my best friend, I was like, dude, like this girl's going to be our next drummer. And it was just, you know, like a joke in passing. Um, and then like two years later, like um, we went on a date it, again, didn't go well, but it did later on because uh, she became our drummer for like a year. So that was pretty cool. And then we became close friends. So I feel like my advice is uh, just keep an open mind and you never know uh, who's going to help you out, who's going to be a good connection in the long run. Yeah, whatever whatever works for you. I've never I've never heard a Tinder yeah. networking story before. Yeah. So it sounds like through the music industry, like you kind of learned it yourself. And it's really just at school that you 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 maybe felt like you were uh you weren't doing like enough at school, but like in the music industry, it sounds like you were doing the right things. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it it's so hard at school. Um it wasn't until I joined KUCI that I felt more a part of school. Because for me, um, I, I'm a commuter, uh, so I would just go to class and then go home or like go to Starbucks or whatever. But I never really felt close to anyone, um, specifically in my major, uh, psychology and social behavior. You know, they're like these massive lecture halls with like 300 people and I'm a new guy. No one knows me. It was it was really tough. Um, but once I, I, I joined the, the news team at KUCI and I started doing like the audio engineering work there. And then um, I got my own radio show at KUCI and all that, that really helped. Um, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun time since I think. Yeah. Joining groups, I think is really helpful for me. It's uh, it's like, I can't imagine people surviving through college without being in any group. They're just, yeah, you know, it's just them and maybe like five of their friends. Like you could do it, but I, I can't, I just can't imagine. I'd say yeah. my groups are just KUCI, um, the Sports Business Club, and this other club called Business Careers and Entertainment. So it's more like Entertainment Careers Club. Nice, yeah. But I then for me, yeah, go ahead. What is a zine? That's a musical term that I don't know about. Okay, so a zine is basically like a magazine, uh, but it's uh, it's just like do it yourself basically so um in the beginning the first zine uh she just like made like a, a small little pamphlet that she folded and like drew pictures and like cut out photos and plastered them on there uh, but now she has her own website um i'll send you a link later it's called trash mag uh she posts like a bunch of different art uh super huge proponent of like the lgbt community um so it's it's a way to showcase um you know upcoming artists that like don't have a platform otherwise uh, especially those that are like underrepresented like people of color and all that sort of stuff i i i never thought i never thought i'd hear about a word that's called zine and that's just like short for magazine that's <laughs> that's cool yeah yeah it can it, it initially i i think it started like from like punk and that's how like different like punk musicians would share like different bands and stuff. Uh, but now of course it's taken a, a much, a much more uh, a broader approach to it. I feel like networking though is maybe it's a stretch, but it's kind of like t a taboo subject in college. Oh, totally. Like, people only talk about it at like a club meeting with a speaker, but everyone else afterwards, like no one really talks about it. I found. Yeah, I don't know why. What? Why do you think that is? I think it's just one of those hard conversations that college people avoid, naturally avoid having. 
And it, it's so it's so ironic because as a college student, that's the time when you should be networking and getting all those connections. Because once you graduate, you're going to need your friends. And who knows, maybe two years down the line, a friend that you made in college is going to help you get that job that, you know, becomes your main career for a while. You never know. Right. Another uh, LinkedIn feature that I just thought of is you. some people, they before applying for a job, they would go through the company's um, employee record records because LinkedIn, oh. it, it can show you like if you put down that you're a UCI student, the LinkedIn site for that company will show you like if there are any alum working for that company. So what people do is they, they hit up these alum and they ask if, you know, you could help me out basically if we can talk on the phone for a couple minutes. And then the idea is that if that alum is like relevant to your position that you want, they can, you know, kind of send the message that, Hey, like, this is a, this is my guy here. Uh, you should give him an interview at least. That's and that's, awesome. that's how you can, that's how like things can play out for people. If you know how to like use the website. I if, didn't even if, know that. That's really cool. Right. If you don't, if you don't know them, um, or if you have no connection with them through your school, it might just be a connection with like, you know, your parent who has, who knows someone, it could be a connection with your neighbor. Maybe there's so many ways, so many, so many ways that the situation can occur, unfold. And what I'm doing right now is the NBA has this associate program uh, for college grads, I think. And I, it, from what I've seen, just like initial research, they only take 10 undergrads about. Oh, wow. And these undergrads will work for the NBA for two years and they're, they're going to cycle through different departments in the league office in New York. And after mm. they're done with the program, like they'll, they'll most likely be placed into some department for a full-time position. That's, that's the, the goal. That's like what I want for, for myself. So what I'm doing right now is I'm researching, just like reading their job description online, but LinkedIn, it also allows you to search like the name of the company, the job or the program that you're, you're interested in. And then it'll show you people who list that in their, on their LinkedIn profiles. So I found like people who were in the program in the past or they're in the program right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to make contact with them and then ask them to like for advice over the phone. That way when I'm applying, I can say that like I have a relationship with someone that used to be in the program. I, I, it's not, it won't just be like, I'm a random kid from uh, UC Irvine interested in the program, but I don't know anyone there at the yeah. NBA or that was in the program. From what I know, that's like a very solid approach to it. I'm it's like, I'm, yeah, I'm super interested in like the strategy and the, the thought process behind doing stuff like this. So, yeah, it's uh, it sounds it sounds really solid because I think the main thing is you have a goal in mind and you know what you're going for already. So just the you you already like that's I feel like for me that's the hard part like getting that specific job that you want or that's like small internship whatever. And like you have a, a pretty solid approach in terms of you know what you're gonna say you know what you're gonna do you just gotta stay focused and get it done. And I'm sure you'll get it. That's really cool. It's really hard. I'm, I don't even know if I'm qualified. They, yeah. yeah. That's I, another thing, though. I feel like even if you're not qualified, like if you just put yourself out there and have your name there, like I'm sure they'll remember you if you're a good interview, you know, regardless. Right. Yeah, I'm still going to try, even though yeah. I, I feel like I'm not qualified enough. Another thing is I, I, I just think about these things a lot. Like I think about the future. I think about like the current situation for myself. Yeah. And that's why I love driving. Like when people complain about driving, I, I don't understand. I love driving <laughs> because that's like my alone time when I'm driving to just think and just have a basketball podcast on, but still think. And that's where I get like ideas and like I start to like plan in my head about what I want to do for the future and how I'm going to do it. That's really, that's really cool. Like, do you just like, do you like drive around like your house or do you go to the freeway? Like what do you usually do? Like, do you go to the beach? No, it's just like, 
um i I never just drive just to drive it's always like on the way to something oh okay i'm just saying that i use that time for efficiently i i don't just drive and just listen to music and it's always a pot mostly a podcast if there is music then i found that when i'm in an extremely good mood i just blast music and that's just i just like jam in my head but otherwise yeah. normal day it's just podcast and then thinking that's really cool yeah I, I never thought about that i feel like when i'm listening to a podcast like, i cannot think i'm just like so focused on what's going on uh, but if it works for you that's really cool podcast speaking of podcasts um they're a good way to like learn stuff i think and when you know when you when you're curious and you're interested in a lot of subjects i found that when you talk to people you can relate with them a lot easier for example uh a speaker that i met at the bcec business careers and entertainment she lived she she told me she her house was in glendale so she came all the way to Irvine for us because she's an alum. And me living pretty close to Glendale, I, I live in basically Pasadena. Uh, you know the you know the the Cuban bakery Portos? Yes. So I, I've been to Glendale before and like I know there's a Portos there. So when she told me that, I just mentioned like, hey, do, like do you go to the Portos there a lot? And she like, Yeah, of course. And <laughs> we basically had a conversation about nothing. But that nothing is like very crucial to developing a relationship with the person. So she asked me like if I ever had like their dolce de leche uh, cake, and I said like no, I don't think so. I go oh, for man. I go for the potato balls, of course. But, oh, those are amazing! Yeah. So you know the more the point here, I think, is when you have a lot of life experience with just something so simple like a bakery. Um you have like you can have these conversations about nothing which isn't like important for about like networking or anything but it's just crucial to developing that relationship yeah i feel like it's it's super useful like in in any like conversation um i think sort of a similar moment for me i mean it wasn't that i was trying to network with someone at that time but um i was i work at i work at a restaurant and the owner has like three separate locations right and one of them is in laguna beach i work at the one in santa ana and one day they needed a guy to cover a shift over in Laguna Beach. So I went, whatever. And uh, I'm meeting this new coworker and stuff. And like, she's kind of like quiet at first. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just talk, like start talking about whatever. And then like halfway through the conversation, she stops me and she's like, hey, like, were you like in Model United Nations or something? Or like, I don't know. Like, and then I asked her and I just laughed. I'm like, no, I would never do that. Like, what, what, what makes you say that? And she was like, oh, it's because, like, you know, you just know, like, a lot of stuff about, you know, pretty much everything. Like, you, you seem, like, really cultured. Like, you seem like you know what's going on. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I always try to, I try to stay informed. You know, I try to know, you know, about, I'm really curious about the world in general. So, like, if there's something I don't know, I'll, like, look into it or I'll just read a book about it or listen to a podcast. So, I feel like that really helps, um, especially, like, when you're trying to relate to someone who, you know, you might not be too related to. Uh, you might not be like the most similar to. It, it definitely helps having all that extra knowledge. Um, the most surreal and crazy and really entertaining experience I had at like these networking meetings that we're talk we we're talking about. It was a lady who was a recruiter for a small company in the East Coast somewhere. I think, uh, born. I suspect Boston just because of her attitude. It was hilarious. I liked it. (laughs) But what happened was the UCI Career Center hosted her to give a session, a seminar on how to get ready for the career uh, career day at UCI. Like it was going to be the next next day. And so I'll never forget it. She those east coast people man they're they're very they're very tough they're very tough people they're not they're not going to give you just you know this niceness or whatever what she did was as she was teaching uh, t- uh talking there's a moment where she said like she she said i like she that she was carefully 
she carefully looked at every single person in the room to see like how their posture was and how mm. like whether or not like we were giving her eye contact or we were just you know distracted and looking at something else in the room so she was like critiquing all of us and she was saying stuff and just from how we talked and how we asked questions so in the end she was just like i know there's a, there's like four people in this room that i would love to talk with after this and that's it and there were about you know there's about 25 people in the room Oh my goodness. So just wow. from like our posture, our eye contact, how we asked questions, what we were saying, she said all that. And she also gave like really interesting tips like um, for your resume, she said to get like a higher quality paper so that it feels different in the stack. Um, oh yeah, that does. And she yeah. said to get like, make sure the size paper is like slightly above average. So that way it just like, it just sticks out, literally sticks out of the, the pack. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget it. it was, she was so good at, at her job. And I, what, I was, emailed, what was her name? I have, I've totally forgot. I, I emailed her once and she didn't reply to me. Probably, <laughs> so probably because like I asked for if there were any job openings or whatever. And maybe that's why, but I should have kept in touch with her because she was really interesting. I think, I really think I was one of the four people that she was interested in talking with that day. Yeah. I don't know. That's so, funny, man. Another moment, she straight up called out a, I think, I think they were international, like they're not American. Um, her point was always keep track of like, like you said, the what's going on. But her example was sports. And this was about October-ish, 2007, 2018. Okay. Right. The World Series was on. So, but when she was talking with this person and they were, her, their question was like, uh, what should I talk about with uh, professionals? And she said, she, she asked them like, oh, are you a Dodgers fan? Or are you a, a Red Sox fan? I don't know. Who, I don't know who was playing. But yeah. what the person said, their reply was like, oh, I don't watch baseball. Oh. <laughs> so her point was like, you know, if you do that with a professional, you know, you just kill the conversation because her point was no sports because a lot of people are sports fans. So you can, if you know sports, you can just talk about baseball with them or basketball. Especially for someone like you, who's in the sports world. Like, although, you know, someone's like a huge basketball fan, maybe they also love baseball or football as well. You never know. Right. But it was just really entertaining to see her call out people straight up like that. I they're love probably, that. They're probably yeah. really scared. They're probably scared, but <laughs> I would I think, be. Yeah. I appreciate like the honesty from her. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of insight to be gained from that. What about, um, I remember you did the, the summer league internship and I feel like that's just what, been one of the biggest life-changing moments for you. Uh, what, what, what was your biggest takeaway being there, you know, at that massive, massive thing where you're meeting, you know, people who uh, I feel like you looked up to or people who are important uh, not just in the, like in the sports world, but in NBA in particular, like what was it, your biggest takeaway? Sports people were, I think whatever game that we're a fan of, like that game will be like sacred, um, very sacred. So it's always like the game is, the game is more important than any of us. So it, in a way that keeps people humble, I think where you're not likely to meet people who are just, you know, rude and just mean and just don't care. So the people that I spent my week with at the summer league, um, sports business program, they're all like really good people. And so that love basketball. So we just, you know, hung out, took in really in-depth basketball lectures from professionals or former professionals. What stood out to me is just like, being being yourself is really important because people when you're in a space like that and you're just being fake then people are not going to want to talk to you because they know they know it's fake so being yourself is important and then what taught me what i learned was that you don't have to be the the smartest or the most talented to be noticed in the group there are like much more important things like for me, I try to talk to everyone. I try to talk to like all 90 people in my group. 
wow. I think I was a couple people short, but like otherwise, I managed to talk to everyone at least once. And the 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 lead instructors of the program, I tried to talk to all of them too, but I could I I may have missed someone. One 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 guy, he his name's Jeff Felinzer. He teaches sports business at USC. He used to be a journalist for the LA Times, but he transitioned to a teaching role. And so he was brought onto the program to teach about this actually, like networking, resume, job interviews. And during the night or during the day, if there was time, he actually offered to read everyone's resumes if you had it ready. And he would just go over it with you and just talk about it with you. Yeah. So I, I got my own session with him. And the funny thing was the, the night that we talked, um, everyone else was at the, the summer league party. I wasn't 21 yet, so I couldn't have gone. Oh man! But it turned out working really well in my favor because I ended up talking with the guy for like over two hours in wow. the, in our hotel food court. We went over, he went over my, my resume. We talked about my resume and then, you know, he wasn't, he was, he was being polite. He wasn't gonna, you know, ask me to stay there longer unless I wanted to. And I did. So I was like, Oh, I have some questions first. Can I, can I, uh, ask them, talk, talk about those with you. And we ended up just talking about like stuff about other, other stuff than sports stuff other than sports. One of the things I, I talked with him about was just like education and how I see education in the country. And I think things like that helped me, helped me stand out amongst everyone else. And he was one of the people that like decided on who they wanted to bring back to intern for, for summer league. So things like that where, you know, I was able to talk with a USC professor, established uh, sports veteran for over two hours, and we talked about everything other than sports, basically. So those those moments, like I I, I gained a lot from that. Yeah, there's, that, that's a uh, like I, like you said that that intimacy factor of like being there in person, and you like being proactive and being like, hey, like I have a couple more questions, and yeah, I feel like that really made you stand out. That's really cool. Yeah. Summer league, summer league is just a great place to be. If you, you want to be in sports, um, it's a, it's still like great time to just have a two hour conversation with someone that, that, that can never happen outside of summer league. Uh, Jeff has like a class to teach all the time and he's busy with other stuff. So summer league, he's just like totally on summer break and he's just chilling. That's awesome. Thanks Isaac for coming on the show. It was, uh, this was really fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I learned a lot from you. I hope you learned something from me. It was a good time. Thanks. Thanks.